What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Discovering Discographies podcast, where we talk about your favorite artists, albums, and all things music. I'm your host, Brandon Pulliam, and today I am joined by my new co-host, Brandon Point. What's up, guys? I'm your new co-host, Brandon Point. I'm really passionate about music, and some of my favorite artists are SZA, Kehlani, and the artist we're going to talk about today, which do you want to introduce her? Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about Ariana Grande, specifically her trilogy, which if you don't know is the Sweetener album, Thank You Next, and Positions. If you don't know who Ariana Grande is, well, she is a American pop singer who got her start on Nickelodeon as Cat Valentine on the show Victorious. Um, she started making music in 2013 with her debut album, Yours Truly, and she's been on top of the world ever since. So we're going to dissect her trilogy albums. Yeah. So we want to first get into setting the scene before this album Sweetener started. Ariana released Dangerous Woman, which came out in 2016 and embarked on the Dangerous Woman tour. Of course, you all know that the Manchester bombings happened on this tour, which caused Ariana a lot of PTSD and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And she dealt with a lot during this time. Also, she was dating Mac Miller, who was dealing with drug substance addiction. And so this all sets the scene for the album that is Sweetener. Yes, yes. So this was definitely a dark time for her. Not deserved at all, but, you know, it happened. And looking at Ariana today, I'm glad that she was able to come out of all the trauma that she faced during this time period and deliver us some new music in the process of that. Yes, I love Sweetener because it's such an optimistic outlook on the things she had been through, mm-hmm. especially compared to everything else that happened in the trilogy, especially Thank You Next, which has a much darker outlook, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But Sweetener was very like light and airy and tried to make the best out of the things that happened to her. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sweetener did touch on pain. However, it touched on, you know, like the more lighter sides of what was going on and how like she had people there that kind of support her and kind of sweeten her life in a sense. Um, And even production wise with Pharrell production, it just made it feel more lively as well. Definitely. Even though Pharrell's production was a little bit, it it got some mixed reviews from the fans, but I feel like He really did a good job at bringing out her more experimental side. And I would say this is definitely her most experimental album to date. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But it's definitely, I think, a cult classic for a lot of people. Definitely. What are your favorite songs? So some of my favorites are, of course, God is a Woman. That one was a really cool song. No Tears Left to Cry, just because it's it's a great, like, uplifting anthem about, you know, having faced this like pain and trauma and being able to get up and move forward from it. So I really like that one. And then Sweetener is another good one as well. Just having somebody in your life who is able to come in and kind of sweeten those saltier aspects of your life, um, as she kind of put it in the song. And I feel like everyone needs someone like that. And then just some other songs that I really like, Good Night and Go, Successful, The Intro, Raindrops, and Angel Cried. It's her most vocally ambitious and interesting song, even though it's only a couple seconds. But yeah, those are definitely some of my favorites on the album. I agree. I like Sweetener as well. And I think God is a Woman is definitely her most, I would say like artistically innovative song to date. Mm -hmm. Like it was just a really big moment. With yeah. the way it divined 
the way it combined um, like sexuality and spirituality together. I don't think that's been done a lot. Mm-hmm. I also think that although this album touches on like everything that happened with the Manchester bombings and like healing from that, it also touched on her personal struggles as well mm-hmm. in songs like Better Off and Every Time. We know at this time like her relationship with Mac Miller was like getting kind of rocky and mm-hmm. she was involved with Pete Davidson. And in those songs, you can kind of see how that relationship was taking a downturn. Yeah, yeah. And she actually has a song called Pete Davidson on the album, which mm-hmm. if you know her dating history. It did not age very well. But yeah, I definitely agree. I think this album really was served as like therapy for her to kind of give her a more positive look on her life at the time and kind of help her deal with a lot of the trauma from like the bombings and then her relationship with Mac Miller. I think it was something definitely not only us fans needed, but also she needed for herself as well. I agree. Overall, I would describe it as like a burst of optimism in between some of the hardest parts of her life. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, like the Manchester bombings happened before this. And then right after Sweetener came out, Mac Miller unfortunately passed away. Yes, yeah. And her relationship with Pete Davidson ended. So that was a very dark time for her, which leads us into the next album in the trilogy, which is Thank You Next. Yes. So I'm a big fan of Thank You Next. It's my second favorite Ariana Grande album. Wait a minute. What's the first? Yours truly. Oh. Anybody who knows me knows this. But yeah, it's my second favorite Ariana Grande album. And I even own it on vinyl. And it's just a really personal album for her. I think it's her most personal and most vulnerable at the same time. I definitely agree. I feel like it's um, one of my least favorite Ariana albums, but I don't think she has bad albums. So I think it's definitely, it's, that doesn't mean it's bad. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's definitely her most vulnerable album to date and her most honest. Mm -hmm. Like she's very raw and honest. There are even songs like Ghosting on this album, which she really did not want to put on her album, but Mm -hmm. her management made her yeah yeah sometimes you know you have to put those albums out there and i think in hindsight sometimes i think you really do have to put those songs out there because in hindsight you know they are very relatable for other people out there listening from what i've heard ghosting is a very like personal and kind of pain driven song to an extent so i think i think her record label kind of made the right choice there yeah i agree Obviously, she's expressed otherwise, but I think I would, too, if it was that personal to me. I think this album is interesting because she is more unapologetic in, like, embracing the pain she's felt and, like, displaying that actively while being one of the world's biggest pop stars. I Mm -hmm. feel like in Sweetener, she was more optimistic and, like, trying to lighten up you know, the things she had been through. But in this album, she's really embracing that pain and feeling the way she's felt. Yeah. And I feel like this album also was an album where she's kind of also, in a way, kind of dealt with the pain and kind of processed it and is able to kind of determine where to go from here. And it's not still kind of fresh for her, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think Thank You Next is kind of a great song to display that as far as her like addressing, you know, like Mac Miller's death and how like she thought they would be together. I agree. I also want to point out, like, she worked with a lot of longtime collaborators, um, like Taylor Parks, Victoria Monet, and Tommy Brown, who are, like, all over this record. Mm -hmm. And they've always worked with her, but I feel like in this record, since the making of the album was a lot more personal, Mm -hmm. you can really hear them in the record, and it shows. Yeah. 
especially on songs like NASA. You can really hear a lot of influences that you even hear in people like Victoria Monet's music yeah, as a solo yeah. artist. And I'm glad you brought up NASA because I believe songs like NASA and um, Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored, even though the album, most of the album theme is around kind of dealing with pain, these were kind of more fun songs to kind of show like, you know, these times do have more positive aspects that we can focus on, even though some of the messaging and break up with your girlfriend is, is a whole cool. different story. But it's a fun song, I guess is my point here. And I like to see those on albums that primarily focus on pain because it does show like you can also have fun during these times as well. It's not totally negative, you know. I definitely agree. One thing Ariana is going to do is make a bop. Um, <laughs> yes, I agree. Like on this album, even the songs you mentioned, like NASA and Makeup, they don't have really inherently good messages, mm -hmm. but they're still really fun songs to like dance to and stuff. Mm -hmm. Another one I want to highlight is Bloodline. Yeah. Um, which I feel like if the album wasn't so personal to Ariana and she hadn't toured, would have been a good single choice. Mm -hmm. um, but even the messaging of that song is like, you know, I don't basically I just want to be friends with benefits. Yeah. Which isn't the best message, but the song is such a banger. Yeah. You gotta appreciate the honesty though. You honesty. Do. Yeah. So following the Thank You Next album, she of course went on the Thank You Next well, the Sweetener tour. Oh yeah, um, it was called Sweetener, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah. But and it came out after Thank You Next, right? She toured with like yeah. Thank You Next. But she okay, toured cool. both albums. Oh, okay, 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 cool. And then she dropped um like the live version of that album. Mm -hmm. But her next studio album wasn't until 2020 um, with Positions. Yes, the last part of the trilogy. So prior to Positions, news broke that Ariana was together with someone new. Mm -hmm. um, and we hear that all over Positions, which is kind of a ode or a love letter to that relationship. Yeah, mm -hmm, um, for sure. And I see it as kind of the light at the end of the tunnel, at least when it came out. Just because she had been through so much. And on this album, I feel like she genuinely showed not only personal growth, but she just found new love and was able to move past, or we saw her working past those traumas she endured in her past relationships. Yeah, I agree. I, d I definitely agree that this is kind of the sunshine of the trilogy where she's kind of moved on a little from the trauma and is more focused on her future and her future in love, to be specific. No matter how explicit that it is, the songs are no matter how explicit yeah i want to say like people really get on this album for being this is definitely her most sexually explicit album yes for but sure the album itself isn't all about sex like there no. are songs this album such as like safety net pov the table pov mm -hmm. that really touch on like being vulnerable in a relationship after you went through trauma like yeah there are, of course are songs like nasty or 34 35 yeah. which got a lot <laughs> of the shine yeah but this album is really well-rounded mm-hmm yeah, I agree. This album does get a lot of hate from a lot of people, not necessarily just fans, just a lot of just music listeners, period, don't necessarily like this album for the sexual content. And I think it does. it is a driving factor of the album, but like you said, there are also other parts of the album and other songs on the album that kind of showcase the more, more vulnerable side. I think POV is kind of that song that kind of showed people that it was, I'm pretty sure, kind of a hit to an extent. Yeah, it was. I'm not sure like how far it charted, but mm -hmm. I know that 
it wasn't intended to be a single, but just the buzz it got on its own made her management want to push it as a single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a very beautiful song. Um, It's a song about wanting to see yourself in the way that your partner does. And for a lot of people, that can be hard. I personally kind of struggle with that. I don't personally see myself the way others see me. And so that's why um, I would say that's one of, if not my favorite song on the album, just because of how relatable it is for me. I agree. POV was definitely like a shocker when I heard it. I don't mm-hmm. think we've we've heard Are Gonna Be That Vulnerable, but not in a way that's necessarily positive, if you know what yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, though, my favorites on this album are the downright nasty songs. I agree, too. Like, Nasty itself is, I think, one of my favorite Ariana songs overall. Yes, which um, side note about that, have you heard the remix with Body Party who has by Sierra? Like, yeah, was, that, like that, it's crazy how well her vocals on the album fit the um, production of Body Party by Sierra. Like, it is wild. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. It is wild. And I also, there was another mashup. I think it was Motive and Promiscuous. I Timberland. think so. I think so. That was a really good mashup. Mm-hmm. This album was just really, I think it's the most Ariana mm-hmm. we've seen. Her, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, like Ariana at her best. At her best. And most, like, or just to say, like, her emotional best. Yes. In a way, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, the nasty songs are some of my favorites. I like, what is it, 30? 34, 35. Yeah, 34, 35. That one was, it's really catchy. And I thought the video was really dope too. And then Nasty was another one of my favorites. I'm trying to think of the track list here. Love Language was good. Love Language Obvious. was good. Safety Net was really good too. That one kind of shocked me because I didn't expect, I didn't know what to expect from a Ty Dolla Sign and Ariana Grande collab, but it actually really worked. One gripe I do have is I was not a big fan of Off the Table. Surprising. If you guys don't know, Brandon's the biggest weekend fan on earth. So that is so surprising mm-hmm. to hear. Why didn't you like it? So just comparing it to the um, Love Me Harder song they had together on My Everything, it just didn't hit the same. And I mean, I I think it's kind of unfair to compare them because they are two different songs, but like their subject matter is kind of similar in the same way. But I think Love Me Harder was just a lot better. And even Save Your Tears, the remix, I think that was better than Off the Table. I'm going to have to disagree with that one. I think Off the Table is their best collab mm-hmm. just because of how vulnerable it is in the vocal performance of both. Mm-hmm. I don't think, especially with The Weeknd, we don't usually get to see or hear him with an instrumental like that that's yeah. so minimalistic. Yeah. He has very heavy production music. He does, he does, especially now. Yes. Yeah, that's a hot take for me, so. I also want to highlight my hair because I, I want to say I was gagged when I heard my hair for the first mm-hmm. time. Me too, me too. I was not expecting her to dibble in like the neo-soul genre like that. Yeah, which yeah. I think she has before, but not in this not so heavily yeah. and so obvious. Yeah, I really liked it. It threw me off a little bit at first. I was like, is this the same Ariana? But um, she is heavily inspired by a lot of R&B and soul artists, so it's not too much of a surprise. But I think she executed it very well with it. Um, yeah, yeah. I also want to highlight, I want to highlight the album as a whole because I feel like this is the most 
that Ariana has had like creative control, and you can definitely mm-hmm. hear it in the music. Yeah. Um, I feel like as her albums have progressed, she just progressively gained more creative control. Mm-hmm. I think this album, it was so obvious, especially with Shut Up, the first yeah. track. Which is another one I don't really care for. I like don't that. care for it either. Mm-hmm. But it's, I like it in the sense that it just, it's her way of saying that this is the music I want to make. Mm-hmm. All of the outside media. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Up. It works in that way, in that sense. Yeah. So overall, regarding the Ariana Grande trilogy, um, I think each album kind of represents something different. Sweetener and Thank You Next are more aligned, I would say. I definitely think Sweetener kind of represents that pain and trauma and not quite knowing how to deal with it at that point in time. It's still being very fresh. And then Thank You Next kind of representing her dealing with that trauma and trying to move forward from it. And I think Positions is that album where she's kind of moved forward from it and she has a new look on life. I definitely agree. Sweetener is like trying to make the best of things. Thank you next. You know, she got hit with even heavier stuff and she just, I call it being like kind of unapologetically broken. Like she just accepted everything was very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then Positions was kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, 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 I agree. So obviously this episode is recorded after a lot of things have been going on with Ariana and just given current events, what do we think is next for her musically? So I don't expect, I'm not expecting the album honestly anytime soon because I know she's busy with Wicked and a lot of other stuff regarding her personal life. But um, I mean, I would love to hear new music from her. Um, I'm glad that she did um, as this rec- as of this recording um, give us a 10th anniversary edition of Yours Truly with some live covers. Knowing that that's my favorite album, it really is kind of refreshing to hear how her vocals on the live recordings now kind of differ from her recordings back in 2013, 2012. So yeah, I'm excited for what she has next. I don't really know what to expect, but I can't wait. That's all I got to say. I agree. I was not expecting the Yours Truly re-recordings. I feel mm-hmm. like she usually just posts about stuff or like just she acknowledges her albums, but I was not expecting a full yeah. re-recording reissue type thing. Mm-hmm. So that was really pleasant. As far as what's next for her, I think that I think that she's going to do something a little bit different and mm-hmm. maybe work with different people than she's been collaborating with, especially the people that she's worked with throughout the trilogy that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because those... A lot of the artists like Leon Thomas, Tommy Brown, Taylor Parks, especially Victoria Monet, yeah. are artists now in their own right and they may mm-hmm. not yeah. you know, have time to do all of that. And yeah. I think it's just I think it's just due for that. She's just mm-hmm. due to collaborate with different people. Yeah. Especially positions. I know a lot of her core audience, the reason that they, you know, didn't like it or whatever was because they felt like it was just too similar to her old music or she yeah. was rehashing out the same sounds. Mm-hmm. So I think she may feel it's time for something a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I look forward to what she is going to put put out next. And yeah. All right, guys. So now it's time for a segment um, we like to call What's in Our Ear. This is a segment where we kind of let you guys know what music we've been listening to lately. So Brandon, would you like to start? I would love to start. And I want to shout out, I already mentioned her in this video, but Victoria Monet is a musical genius. Like yes, yes, she's finally getting her flowers. It's been too long. She just released her album Jaguar Two, which mm-hmm. is the sequel to her previous. I think it was an EP called Jaguar. Yeah, I think it was an EP. 
and as expected it's great my favorite off of the album is all right which is produced by kate Trinata. i've been in my kate Trinata bag too yes um it's a really smooth track about kind of similar to bloodline like kind of friends with benefits i don't want to really be with you yeah but i love the album and she's delivered some great like live performances as well yeah i agree i agree so some of the things i've been listening to lately i've kind of been really into house music lately so one of the songs i've been bumping a lot lately is show me love by robin s it's a really good 90s um r&b house song i just love it it's i love r&b vocals paired with house beats it works so well for some reason it just works and then i've also been listening to ego talking by saint harrison really good his vocal performance is really 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 immaculate i agree i've been playing that rotation as well Mm -hmm. his voice is so unique Mm -hmm. i feel like he's so refreshing like in the world of r&b because we don't have a lot of male r&b like singer singers yeah 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 i think he kind of reminds me of sam smith in a sense so um i'm really looking forward to his future yeah yeah he is british too so yeah i'm looking forward to his future and then the last song i've really been bumping a lot lately is usher summer walker and 21 savage usher is someone in my opinion he's able to adapt with the times musically not a lot of artists can do that but i think he does that pretty well and he sounds exactly the same as he sounded in the 90s it is crazy but it's a fun song i just love it i love um the addition of summer walker and 21 savage and yeah it's just a fun little song i agree i feel like usher doesn't get his flowers enough for being like kind of the archetype of the modern like male pop star yeah yeah for sure for sure um, I definitely agree that he deserves more props for that, and especially for black, that black male pop star for mm-hmm. sure. And I mean, he has one of the most, he has one of the like most story-driven albums out there with Confessions. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's the end of today's episode. You can follow uh, us at our Instagrams. Uh, Brandon is da d a plug, and my Instagram is Brandon And join us next time for the next episode of Discovering Discographies. Thank you for listening.